Definitely. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. 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 Good evening, one and all, the Great Unraveling Podcast. I am your host, Ben Kelly. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> Not sure I like that, actually. I'm, no, I should be the first person to talk. That's why I usually do. Yeah, it's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, it made me feel really uncomfortable. <laughs> just don't say hello. It's quite, it's quite, it's quite performative. I don't know. Just It's nice to have like a, you know, hello, how are you? Yeah, I'm yeah. all right. Yeah, good. Brilliant. Okay, do how, how are you tonight, Ben? How am I? I'm yeah. feeling pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, I've just come straight from the pub to the podcasting studio, I, my office slash bedroom. And uh, yeah, I'm feeling, feeling all right. Feeling that warm, fuzzy feeling you get from drinking that sweet, sweet alcohol. Oh, excellent. Very <laughs> good. Um, what, 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 um, what's happened? What are we talking about today? Talking about, we're going to touch on a few subjects, but in a recent episode with our good friend uh, Dan Sohage of the organisation Stand for All, when we were discussing refugee policy, recent episode, go back and listen to it if you haven't already, um, we briefly touched on how we believe that perhaps public attitudes towards immigration were becoming more positive now, discussed how maybe some policies that uh, seem that were anti-immigration and, and seemed to be trying to appease a certain section of the public were maybe a little bit out of step of where we are now. And yeah, right. another guest from a podcast, we are bringing in a, f- a few themes here, Recent guest on our podcast from the think tank British Future, Sunder Katwala. That's not recent. That's about a year ago. Uh, well, is it? Is that a year <laughs> I ago? Think so. I think so, yeah. Uh, time's playing funny tricks on me over mm. these last two years. Mm. It's really kind of warped 2020, 2021. Don't know if that's a common thing or just due to my... I am just, I'm with you there. I'm yeah. with you. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, a lot of that. So the British Future have released a report, Jubilee Britain... After a decade of upheaval, where are we going now? An interesting part of that is a report on changing attitudes towards immigration over the last 10 years. Right. Which supports things we've argued before, that British that okay. attitudes are changing. So and yeah, I have a little something to say about that. Okay, so you want to kind of like round off. the with, Yeah, let's tie it all up that, in a nice yeah. boat and move on to some other subjects which we will have to think of over the next week or so because mm-hmm. I feel like my ideas at the moment every time I try and think of an episode I keep going back to things we've already done because we've actually been going we've been going a little while now yeah so, so the the how racist is Britain episode with Sunder Katwala was was the 25th of August 2021 oof yeah yeah, yeah. so it was a while yeah. ago I know because yeah. May now Jesus it's May yeah god ooh okay old father time yeah yeah weird I feel a bit yeah, weird at so, Yeah, with that whole good. thing. So is there going to be is going to be a monologue? Yeah, let's do a little. I just want to reflect on that. So here we are. Go. Mm-hmm. 
Last week, British Future produced a new report on how public attitudes in the UK have changed over the last decade. The most intriguing and widely reported part of Jubilee Britain is the chapter on immigration attitudes, which clearly show a seismic shift in how the British public perceive immigration and its impact on our society and economy. Now, 46% of the public believes the impact of immigration to be positive, with less than a third considering it to be negative. This is a complete turnaround from 2015, just seven years ago, when 41% believed its impact to be negative and under a third believed it to be positive. This is a remarkable change. The British public have finally come to appreciate the positive impact of migrant healthcare workers and the crucial role they play in the NHS. In 2012, 45% of people believed migration had a negative impact on the NHS, with just a third believing it to be positive. Now, more than half see its impact as positive. In 2012, one in four people worried about immigration above all other issues. There was widespread belief that immigrants came here and took work from the so-called natives. Coming over here and taking our jobs. They took our jobs! Two-thirds of people believe that migration had a negative impact on jobs. It's now just a third, with a quarter believing migrants have a positive impact. Big change. And that seems to have had a knock-on effect. With the British people now believing that migrants have an important role to play in our economic recovery. In 2012, more than half of people believed migration would have a damaging effect on our economic recovery. And in complete reversal from that, 53% of people now believe immigrants and their skills and labour are necessary to help Britain's economic recovery. This is good news. It's a hugely positive development because in the years to come, we're going to need immigration and we're going to need plenty of it. If the economy is going to recover well, from the pandemic and Brexit's so-called uh, teething problems and if we're going to fill labour shortages and if we're going to counter the impending demographic time bomb then future governments need to be on the same page as the public they need to catch up with the changing attitudes of the public rather than appeasing the anti-immigration minority in recent years we've seen the end of free movement the hostile environment the Windrush scandal We're still refusing to waive visas for Ukrainian refugees. And now, the government intends to send people arriving via the channel to Rwanda, because they're most likely to be economic migrants, and apparently we don't want them. Britain has an ailing economy, labour shortages across industries, and an ageing population. So I'll ask you for just one moment to set aside the humanitarian concerns, the moral issues... And just look at it, this is a purely economic issue. We're going to send working-age migrants to Rwanda rather than welcome them here. Priti Patel's actually promoted the policy by boasting that it will be beneficial to the Rwandan economy. This is some kind of madness that seems to belong in a past age of anti-immigration hysteria. We should be opening safe and legal routes for them to come here and boost our economy. As we discussed before, declining birth rates in Britain are ultimately going to lead to a shortage of working age adults and a sluggish, unproductive economy. People who used to help sustain the economy will cross to the other side of the balance sheet and the strain on the healthcare system and social services will increase dramatically. So here's an idea. Rather than burdening future generations with the crippling costs of an ageing and shrinking workforce and an ever-dwindling tax receipts, we should change policy and welcome economic migrants and refugees here and recognise that we need them to help us rebuild this country 
and move towards a more prosperous future. If we're going to keep the public on board, this has to come with investment in public services and reform of the housing market. We've got to avoid the mistakes of the past when we welcome migrants from the EU in huge numbers, but fail to ensure that we had enough housing and services to meet demand. This clearly contributed to the negative perception of immigration at the time. The alternative to this, eventually, is a huge tax burden, steep spending cuts. It's a geriatric, senile Britain rendered decrepit. And we can avoid this by embracing the changing attitudes of the British public and embracing immigration. Okay, so yeah, I mean, it's good that we're kind of able to wrap some of this up. I mean, it's just kind of solidifying the things that we've said off the top of our heads previously, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, yeah, see, um, that thing see. we said a few episodes ago, we were right. Yeah, more Here's the evidence. evidence. Yes. Um, but it, does, it wasn't we've, just a we've... list of like facts, so it can be a bit boring to listen to. Well, no, there was a few, you know, I'll, I think if you listen, yes, she just seemed to be talking about how previous episodes, but if you listen to previous episodes, or <laughs> maybe some of our recordings, I believe you said, where are the facts before, you know, True. have you got any facts to back this up? Need but the there's facts. some facts yeah, there's the from facts. a previous guest. Just the And yeah, so we've had that, yeah, how racist is Britain? We have an episode on immigration, we've had an episode on declining birth rates, we have an episode on refugee policy, and it's all just coming together. Just to top it off, uh, we've touched on it again. So, yeah, it's just... Great. Just thought we'd move on that. I did think it was quite interesting, though, to see... Like, it's interesting to think what's behind... It's 2005, since 2015 that, that uh, over, the attitudes have changed quite dramatically. Obviously, in 2016, we had the EU referendum. So it seems to have been some kind of like a pressure valve moment it's all released and obviously the intense media campaign right wing media on 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 immigration and free movement which really fell away to a great extent since then obviously we still have people talking about the dinghies and the daily mail talks about that and Nigel Farage on a on a on a channel that very few people watch but you get clips of it on social media but other than that, it's not a constant campaign where that's not the number one thing that people are worrying about right now, and that is not the number one thing that the media are constantly talking about right now. So there's a correlation there. The thing I find a bit weird is that if it, we some there's a it's not weird but troubling, uh, difficult I guess is you know there's argument to say that there's definite correlation between the public feeling that the government has some kind of control over who comes in and who goes out. Uh, and control of the borders and feeling less worried about immigration. And one of the things that's happened at that time is obviously abolished free movement with with the EU, which which for many years was depicted as an open borders. The government has no control and the government was able to blame high immigration on free movement, not on its own policy making. So I'm, I support free movement. I would like to you know, bring that back in the future and free movement with the EU where we're able to move and travel and work and, and and retire freely all over Europe. Um, but it's a big, big ask and not really, the, it's too early to be really imagining that might happen. But yeah, that, there's a, a, an idea, a theory there that one of the reasons that 
attitudes have become more positive is that that, that was abolished. Mm. Yeah, right. Yeah, it becomes less of a pressing concern because you because something has been done about it. Yeah, yeah, that and it that and it does correlate with I mean yes it correlates with a, a big media campaign, but it correlates directly with with the referendum and you can sort of feel that a little bit that it is that that was some kind of big moment. We had, obviously we had the we had a huge campaign about it and the Nigel Farage with this big poster saying, Look at all these fuckers coming over fucking loads big queue of brown people are going to come as soon as yeah. you vote to stay in the EU. Pull to Bremen. Yeah. Yeah, very Nazi-ish. I mean, there's very direct correlations. And um it seems to have cooled down since then. Uh, I'm not saying it's a price worth paying or it's a good thing, but I'm saying it's a thing. And for someone who is, is pro-free movement or pro-immigration, it's an interesting thing and a troubling thing to think about because... You know, it makes it it raises this higher barrier for for arguing for something when maybe it's it's maybe it's what the public wanted. Maybe it's reassured the public. Maybe it's it's going to be a very hard thing to reverse if 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 it doesn't have public consent. So yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's it's mostly positive for the reasons I argued in the in the monologue because hopefully that means we could have a more rational discussion about it and. People realise that it's a benefit to our economy and even some of our public services to have higher immigration because we're going to need it, as, as I just said. I love them myself, isn't it great? Yeah, I mean, I said all I'd say about that. I mean, that was just an article. So I've got an article out. Uh, I mean, it'll have been out by the time this is published. Mm-hmm. This, is be, this, this is being recorded on the 19th of May, Thursday evening. And um, tomorrow, Friday, I will have an article published on that subject. So I just thought I'd touch on that. So yeah. Good, good. It ties, it ties everything up. Immigration, good thing. Public do seem to be also moving towards a more positive perception of it. Let's have more of it. So, but you know, here's a a little insight into how these things work. I got a, I got a message this week from my editor of reaction uh, website that I, frequently write for, um, and it was to commission an article. And it was based mainly on just one tweet I wrote, which was, so I uh, worked at uh, Tesco's, the well-known retailer of the mm-hmm. retailers. Oh, yeah, people. yeah, that Tesco's, yeah. <laughs> and um, I was there for about six years, um, part-time for plenty of that, but, you know, whatever. Uh, through university, I went to a mature student. Didn't ask my life story, did you? Nope. Point being, this. I started noticing how price, you know, prices increase, you know, because I was, I when I was, I was shell stacking or when I was on checkout or whether I was managing stock, various jobs I had there, noticed how prices change and go up and down and there's the promotions and stuff. I mean, what the fuck else are you going to do? It's not, a, it's not a, a, a interesting job. Um, But when I left, uh, one of the things I'd, and, I used to notice was the price of butter, right? For example, is one thing. And the reason it's one thing is since I left Tesco, is that just for some reason was just something I kept my eye on. What so, kind of butter are we talking? Are we talking like a block of... I'm talking Bro- Tesco's own brand block of butter, salted okay. or unsalted butter, yeah? Mm. Baseline, Tesco's own brand for butter. Mm-hmm. But not, not spreadable? Uh, no, not margarine or spreadable butter. Mm-hmm. A block of butter, spreadable if you leave it out of the fridge. 
Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, we keep uh, ours in a little glass thing. Lovely, lovely. Yeah, mm. we we've got a little uh, little sort of porcelain thing for ours. It's got to be mm. butter for me. Yeah. Um, not a margarine cunt. I mean, we do have margarine for emergency situations, but I will not use it if unless you know if I can help it. What emergency requires the use of margarine? Run out of butter. Oh right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually an emergency. Otherwise, it's going to be... I love butter. It it makes everything better. And it's mm. not as bad for you as we were led to believe for so many years. And, you know, when they... They remember when... They, I don't know if you remember, there's a good flurry of articles about how... Oh, God, we were wrong. It wasn't all about fat. It was sugar. Actually, milk, you know, whole milk, butter, it's not as bad as we thought. It's all fucking sugar. I was like, oh, is it? All right, I'm, I'm back to butter then. I'm having yeah. butter forever. ODing so, on milk and butter, yeah. <laughs> well, I have plenty of plenty of both, yes. Bet the cows were gutted about that. Yeah, yeah, we can need more. No, they love it. Love getting wanked off for a bit of milk. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how you make milk. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, I'm glad so. that's not how they make milk. <laughs> no, um, yeah, but the price of butter when I left around 2015. I mean. This is not going to be award-winning investigative journalism. This is anecdotal. Right. But, you know, when I left, it was 89 pence, right? And I would noted that around 2015. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I was thinking about this is because they were talking about how prices would fluctuate after Brexit and blah, blah, blah. So, and it did. And the price of butter fluctuates a lot, actually. And Right. Um, <laughs> This is a thing, a subject we're talking about. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. We're about. We're going to get there. We're nearly there. But the, so the result actually is that uh, every time I go into the fucking supermarket over the years, I've always been like, yeah, shopping oh. around, and I pick up. We go to the price of butter. Like, Bloody hell! <laughs> One pound twenty-three. Uh, oh, it's gonna. It's broken a pound at some point. You know, in mm. the in the wake of economic instability after. You know, Brexit teething problems, shall we say, mm. for generous. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it broke a pound at one point. I remember that. I'm like, Bloody hell. Shit. Bloody pound. I remember it was 89 pence. <laughs> In 2015. I remember. <laughs> yeah, it's to say that. I start regaling people in the aisle. Mm. Oh, back in 2015, I made a note of that. I used to work at Tesco's, you know, like you. you and uh, like, it was, I remember it was 89 <laughs> pence, you know. <laughs> 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 so how much is it now on your last visit to Tesco? One pound seventy-five. One pound seventy-five. Fucking hell! I mean, that is a lot of money, yeah. Yeah, and you know, as I say, this is not you know, this is not investigative journalism. This is my recollection as a human man. But eighty-nine pence it was around two thousand fifteen, around you know, around that time. That's not that long ago. Yeah. So that that's why it is actually quite interesting. <laughs> Because it's one item, and it and it exemplifies the the sort of tumultuous economy and, and inflation. And I was shocked when it was one pound twenty three. If you, it, during the pandemic, it went up. Um, mm. Have you ever like noticed the price of anything but butter? Yeah, 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 yeah. I do and because because the... it might just be a specific butter problem. You know, we might have had like butter production problems. That's. No, no, that's obviously that's the supply chain ways. issues and things like that. That's mm. true. That's true. Like milk, but, for example. Uh, well, we produce a lot of milk here, I think. I think it's been fairly stable. We don't produce butter here. 
Yeah. Yeah. You look stupid now. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. I've made you look stupid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. No, no, yes. I've, I've, you keep, but the price of dairy, uh, price of most, a lot, a big chunk of your shopping has gone up. Definitely the price of dairy, mm. price of eggs. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you can feel now. And this is the point I made in an article. It's the point I was made in the article is the, the, the government needs to worry about it because a lot of uh, political issues and things that are, that only political nerds are interested in on Twitter or discussion shows or whatever. Sometimes they're hard to understand. Sometimes they're boring. This is just something you can feel. You can tell. I I, I do an online shop now, and um, you can just tell it comes. And it's like I've spent, well, I've spent 80 quid, say. I know you can, you know you've got less, and it's not like some conspiracy theory. It's very clear to see you're getting less for your money. In fact, you're paying more and getting less. That's the situation now in inflation, where it's, what, 8% going up to 10%. 9%, I think it was. You you can just tell. It's scary, actually. Like, it is inflation of this kind, we haven't. We haven't known ever in our in in our uh, adulthood, and it is it's it is really scary to see like yeah, butter is one example, but everything has gone up and you get less less for your money, and anyone who's not really comfortable financially is going to have to adjust in some way. I mean, you and I, you know, we're not we're not poor, so there's a relative position of privilege, which is also a point I made. That, but I still find myself shorter of money having to think about a lot more um and I, mm. I don't have much left at the end of the month it says but you know if people who are really poor it's gonna bite hard yeah uh, yeah it's 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 they say it's gonna get worse and i'm reading doomsday articles in in the telegraph of all places saying the saying that the economy is going to shit basically and the the, the last time i was reading about this was you know, around the late noughties. That's what they're calling it. Depressing as fuck. <laughs> but I'll tell you what I don't miss, if there's a positive spin on this story. The pandemic? No, working in a supermarket. Oh, yeah, no, I'm sure, yeah, yeah. Mm. I've worked, yeah, dull. I've worked in a supermarket. Dull, 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 yeah. dull, dull. I mean... Very dull, dull, yeah. I don't know, any job where you're really just constantly checking the clock... That's one of the worst things about a checkout or a till is the clock is right there on your monitor. Digital yeah. clock, minute by minute by minute. Yeah, you're almost glad when you're stuck in a flow of customers coming through, even though it's like, for me, it's like, ugh. <laughs> I was surprisingly all right at that, considering, you know, not being the most sociable and friendly sort of person uh, mm. sometimes. But, yeah, God, just watching the clock. Uh, 9.30. In work, no, when you work in a supermarket, it's, um, it's like a specialist position, isn't it, to be like able to operate the till. So, like, oh, can yeah, such as, yeah. only only certain people can use the till. And you really have to be, be a robot like it. for me. You have to like turn it on. Hi, hi. I mean, there's all the questions you're meant to ask, which I didn't bother. Maybe if you got your club card, but not. Yeah. Hey, do you want got... this promotional offer today? I'm doing fucking mm. annoying American stuff. All, all the buttons you've got now. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh,
Is this worst jobs ever yes that's what it is what was your worst job what is your worst ever? job ever my worst job ever um i don't know because you've just literally just asked me and i have no i can't think of one i had a job uh, a summer job potting plants which i know some people might enjoy but it, I, it wasn't enjoyable you, you stand around like this big wooden table with a load of like 50 year old men um you know like kind of uh well, what you might refer to as, like, gammons now. Um, just, you know, <laughs> grumpy old right-wing people. Um, and I was a 16-year-old <laughs> tearaway, I guess. I was, was doing my doing my job. Um, and it was shit, just crap. Just didn't enjoy it. Um, what else? Um, I don't know. I've had loads. Supermarkets. Supermarkets yeah. are not fun, fun jobs. Yeah, as I said, but... Uh... It's paper round. I did my first job was a paper round. Paper round, didn't like yes. that. Yes, I got nine pounds a week, um, and we don't need you do it in the fucking you know pissing rain and uh, mm. and the mm. snow and you'd you'd have all these. I wonder sometimes the people's experience of reading the newspaper because it would just literally be like this sodden rag <laughs> that kind of pushed through the letterbox <laughs> and it's you know peeling paper off it as you push it through. Um, Newspapers, eh? Yeah. Paper boys. Oh. Think of the past. Milk. Remember Milkman? Remember? Remember? I do. I do. Remember? In bottles. Mm, 5am in the morning. Mm, there was now like a uh, milk out of a bottle, glass yeah. bottle. Yeah. yeah. Not mm. as good, though, was it, obviously? It was. Well, apart from when it was off. A lot of horrible orange juice you got. Remember? Oh, no, that's great. Do you remember that? Do you remember? Do you... I, don't, I don't know the demographic of our listenership, but I imagine it's people who might remember. Milk being delivered on the doorstep. Yeah. You bottle, glass milk. bottles of things. Yeah, Coke, yeah. Coke. Yeah. Came back, that, it yeah. came back a little yeah. bit. I little come back mm. in certain areas, but like, I can't say that. I mean, it's one of those things like, oh, yeah, nice, but really quite happy to buy my six pinters at the supermarket. Yeah, my anyway. vat of milk. Yeah. I, my worst job is definitely factory based. I had to, uh, when I had a brief, uh, Brief little um, trip over to Amsterdam where I attempted to live in a short, short time and ill-fated trip to Amsterdam. <laughs> well, no, I had a good time, but if you were, if you if if you're measuring it as a big extended holiday, brilliant. If you're measuring it as a attempt to live elsewhere, disaster. There's there a very short amount of time, but when I, I mean, usually my holidays don't end with like me. Uh, losing my mind and calling my dad to save me. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not usually how my holidays end. I it was a bit of a turning point in my life, and I decided that I had to. I would just go to Amsterdam, and I might try and live. I tried to learn the language, didn't go well, and nope. I got a job, uh, which went okay for the summer season. Uh, as a waiter in a on the Damrak um, in Amsterdam, which is. Uh, a very very busy I mean, one of the main main roads uh, into the centre 
uh, so it was a busy, touristy Italian restaurant, and I was the waiter. And being a oafish, clumsy, antisocial, socially awkward English person, English young man, there was I wasn't a good waiter. Never was cut out to be a waiter. I got on well actually with all the people there. There's a cosmopolitan bunch of Polish uh, waitresses, Italian. Blah blah blah. What was the uh, so? Do you remember any Dutch words? No. <laughs> <laughs> so I got there, everyone speaking English, and I just didn't have the balls to attempt. Oh, and the Dutch yeah. people were actually quite, they were very, they were quite like English people, actually a bit obnoxious in you not speaking their language. Uh, and I was just also, maybe I, maybe it wasn't obnoxious, as maybe it was just utter disdain for my qualities as a waiter, which would be fair enough judgment. Mm. How the fuck did I get onto this? Oh, that was a, that ended in disaster, as you say. Yes, I was there for uh, four months, I think, and I'd spent an enormous amount of money that I didn't have. And yes, I had to. Uh, in the end, I had to ring my dad and say, "I have run out of money, but I need to come home now." Um, <laughs> save, save me. In a short space of time, I'd. Um, so I was staying in a in North Amsterdam. You get if you some someone has been there a few trips in Amsterdam, you know all the places and everything. Behind the train station there's a ferry that takes people some people mostly people who work and they send them back to the north side on the other side of the Grand Canal where you get to an area that doesn't look like what you think Amsterdam looks like it just looks like you could be anywhere in England or wherever just sort of residential areas it's nothing special about it, nothing very characteristic about it. apart from the blocks of, um, of flats that are made out of shipping containers just something to do over there that's one of the apartments. I rented that off someone who was going off to Spain. But in the space of a couple of weeks, uh, the restaurant was working. The, the guy who ran that was like, oh, you can't keep you past the summer season. Your work is a little bit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, that is a, that's a good sound. That's exactly what it's like. Thank you. Uh, that's gone. And then he, this guy comes back a week early and he's like, you're going to have to leave now. I'm like, fuck's sake. <laughs> No, I do. I get somewhere else to stay. Then I do it in a hostel. Hostel, no job. Running out of money. This thing's coming to an end. Yeah, and then, mm. then in the hostel, ever you know, I was obviously getting stoned the whole time, and I spent the whole. I basically spent the whole three months. Um, it was meant to be originally. I was going to go find myself. Might try and write a book. Got there. I tried a bit of writing. I was like, you know, I'm not really ready for the whole book writing thing. So I'll just get stoned and <laughs> drunk every day endlessly and take magic mushrooms every week three or three times a week that'll explain what to do with my life and i did come back from that thinking i need to go to university and waste three more years of my life but um no but it's just as the uh economic crash was kicking off and i was oblivious to it over there on my mushroom bender and uh and then in the last one of the last days in the hostel getting stoned in this hostel going out to a stairwell not far from the hostel speaking to this kid he's smoking a pipe you know lots of people smoking pipes he passed his pipe saying do you want to have a have a go and um and it dawned on me and i said is this is this crack <laughs> and i said like, yeah yeah right. <laughs> so, um, so doing crack and that's just how it that's how it happens children that's how it can mm. just get you all of a sudden you one Slippery minute you think is that weed it's crack, isn't it? Well, I seem to be doing crack. Now. Well, it'd be impolite to say no, you know. 
Hmm. I can't at this point. It, I'm holding it. I'm holding the lighter. I'm holding the crack pipe. I've just realised it's crack. I'm not going to say, no, oh, sorry, terribly sorry, old chap. I can't, I can't accept your gracious offer to smoke some of your crack. Yeah. I don't this do crack. Slightly different drugs to what I usually accept. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So no, I was just like, oh well. So yeah, I got high on crack out of politeness. I think. Well, as they say, when in Rome, smoke crack. <laughs> yeah, when in an alleyway with a dodgy person who offers you crack, smoke the crack. Hmm. Could have gone worse because after smoking the crack, and it gets you very yeah, it's quite an exhilarating feeling for an extremely short space of time. And as someone who's experienced various drugs, I have to say it's one of the most unsatisfactory experiences because you're immediately, I mean. <laughs> Cocaine it's a, is an addictive drug that never leaves you. You're never satisfied taking that stuff. Stay away from it, kids. Crack is even worse. You know, within minutes, you're like, more. <laughs> more <crack. laughs> I need more. I have climax. And this guy's like, hey, do you want to get, you want to get some more? I'm like, yeah, yeah, clearly more. More now. Uh, come with me to a local crack den and we will we will get more. Yeah, 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 let's go. And then I'm walking through the, the main centre of Amsterdam and a police officer pulls us into the police station, the big police station that was in the main square there. Uh, well, this is what I remember anyway. <laughs> it was, I was on crack, folks. <laughs> 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 Definitely was a police officer there. Pulls us in. This guy apparently was banned from that whole area, which is the, if you've been to Amsterdam, as you have, big, big, big centre in a big square. Uh, well, as many cities have, but, you know, Amsterdam is very... Uh, big big square um, and all the fucking tram lines to it and yeah it's pulled in and yeah he's you're not supposed to be walking there you're banned from the centre and he comes to me and says why are you with this guy and I say oh you know he's just oh he just wants to help me he's going to you know give me a bit of money or whatever and I say yeah yeah I just want to help him you know on hard times and everything and he, this guy really reasonable I mean I don't remember the details but he basically was like he gave me a get out class. He's like, okay, you know, there's nothing I can do to arrest you guys now, but you sure you don't want to, you know, leave? <laughs> I can't remember exact words, but it was essentially the whole sentiment man was like, this is your chance now. You can change your mind. And I was like, yeah, look into the future. It's 20 minutes ahead. Pens <laughs> in a crack down. <laughs> That's the only way this is going. I'm mean, experienced enough to know the only way this is going is me in a crack den. God knows what will yeah, happen. And who knows what happens. I'm going there. now. Yep. Then, yeah, the morning after, I was like, Dad, I've run out of money and I want to come home now. <laughs> yes, I know you said I should never have come. Yes, it was a terrible idea. And, um, yeah, I just come back. I thought I'd come home. And, um, yeah, I decided to go to university and I'll save up some money. And I couldn't save up any money because there was no fucking jobs, man. There was no Good. jobs. Well, brilliant. So, well, the worst, what the moral of that story was the worst. Yeah, I had job to come home and I had was... to take agency work, and the agency work in Hull was that factory work. That was also work. shit work. Good. Factory Great. work. So, the first jobs were checking the. You can't believe how people work on an assembly line. And agency work is even worse. Sometimes it's like your excess to. So, once I had a 12 hour shift of this button on this assembly line, if this, if this flash is red, press this. That was it. See ya. No one talked to me for the rest of the time. I took my breaks. No one noticed I was there. And the button never turned red. <laughs> I just, it just sort of said, stand here for 12 hours. Off you go. Bye. And then, um, yeah, other p- packing, packing bots of, boxes of Gaviscon, 
one, two, nice. three, four, and then, and then fold the box and off you go. And the That's... worst one, the worst one, Matt, the worst one was, this is the end, the climax of the story, the worst job was packing sausages. I think these were Sainsbury's finest, whatever the fuck, the, the nicest brand of Sainsbury's was. And they had a big fucking pointed, like a massive metal filter, basically. Just all the sausage meat came through into the skins, and then you're packing them into the boxes. And it's the kind of job where you're like, I will never eat sausage. If you saw what went into the sausage, it didn't last, because I love sausages. But at the time, I was like, oh, God, not eating sausage again. But yeah, the worst thing was just being there for 12 hours, just in these white clothes and these white corridors, packing sausage meat. And nobody, nobody, everybody else was, sorry, you know, I think I might have touched on this before, actually, because I can remember this insensitive, not wanting to be insensitive before, but nobody spoke, nobody spoke English. <laughs> yeah. So on breaks, just like nobody's, but nobody spoke English. Yes, you've touched on this, yes. Yeah, yeah, when, yes. When so right. there, there, and the, yes. And the, the surface was slightly too low, so my back was crippled, and it was... It was um, it was four days on, four days off. Ooh, you get four days off. No, for those four days, you're dreading the four days you're on. Six in the morning till six at night, and the next four days are six at night till six in the morning. So night shifts. I just, I'm not made for that. Packing uh, sausage. Ben Kelly, sausage packer. Sausage packer. And I tell you, I'm not a reserve. Honestly, sometimes I'd wake up, dreading getting up at 5 a.m. to bike there at the time. And then, fucking hell, I'm almost crying sometimes. Oh, stop, what a, it's hell. That's my idea of hell. When I get to hell, they will say, please get on the assembly line to pack these sausages for 12 hours a day with fucking Piers Morgan and James Corden. Yeah. Figure. Yeah. The um, standing for a while reminded me of uh, when I was young, I was um, six years old and we moved to a village in Cheshire. And we were next door to a shop, um, like the local village shop. And uh, one day my mum said to me, um, can you just go next door and ask them for a long stand? <laughs> and I was like, a long stand? She's like, yeah. And I was like, you know, like a brainless child, six, seven years old, and went next door and to the shop and said to the man working in there, can I have a long stand, please? <laughs> and he said, yeah, just, just wait there a moment. And then he served a few other people. <laughs> and then he just then he just said to me, I think someone's having you on, mate. Like, yeah, uh, That's oh, classic. Yes, yes. That is brilliant. That's brilliant. And I went home and it was hilarious, of course. Yeah. <laughs> My childhood, folks. Yeah. Uh, that's good. I like that. Mm, I think yeah. there's, um, there's, um, there's a few... Classic parental jokes of telling your kids to go and ask things from shops. I had another one recently, which unfortunately I can't fucking remember. But yeah, I've got a corner shop opposite that's me. And class, I've been very... That's a classic, that one. <laughs> I can't fucking remember what it was. But yeah, similar to that, where you go and ask a shopkeeper some fucking nonsense that's very obviously piss take. And definitely, um, yeah, my son's nine. I think it's a, he likes to he likes it when you send him across to the shop to get sweeties or something. So mm. yeah. Like, me, and, uh, me and friends in my late teens would find it hilarious to go into the town and go into shops and buy things and then say jizz to the people working there. A multicoloured paint, that's something. We would say we would say jizz, as in, like, cheers. <laughs> but we, we, knew, we knew we were saying jizz. 
Um, and of course, they only thought we were saying cheers, but we knew we were saying cheers and we thought it was fucking hilarious. Yeah. And actually, was... thinking back now, it is quite funny just to go up to people and, you know, just say cheers to them. And it's for <laughs> them to be like, oh, cheers to you too. Um. <laughs> I think I, I remember some vaguely thing this from my past as well. Yeah. Definitely. Cheers. 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 Oh dear, children. Mm. Do you feel like? Do you feel? I mean, I'm I'm 37 now, and it's. Um, do you feel like you've grown up? I've like slowed you... down. I've slowed, slowed down. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've 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 enjoyed getting older because I just have. Um, I don't know. I just like. Oh, yeah. My ambitions are now just more modest. I'm not so deluded as I was. I'm like, you know. Yeah, don't have it's the like, crippling oh. disappointment that yeah. I had in my early 20s where it's like, oh, the things that I wanted that are, that are going to validate me, I can see they're not going to happen and what's going to happen to my life. Now it's like none of that shit matters. Yeah, it was matters. all ego before and, and also like aiming for some big, big life's going to be this big exactly, firework. Yeah. It's going to be uh, some... Or even yeah, aiming for off. like... Yeah, gonna be and then it's gonna be a big payoff. And I'm gonna be very happy. And just, now I just like kind of want to feel content. Mm. Take yeah. each day as it comes. I just like, oh, I just want to be sort of calm and just be like, yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um. So should we do Benjins and Dragons then? Let's do it. Okay. Well, it's been a while since we've done it, actually, isn't it? So I just drink, drink some, drink some wine. Um, the it's been a while since we've picked up, isn't it? So, um, quick recap, right? So, um, you fell off. You were contemplating suicide. You ended up. You decided not to commit suicide, but but all fell you in still, anyway. Didn't you I? fell in anyway, and you and you you died. Uh, you drowned to death or yep. freeze to death, one of the two. Um, and in the afterlife, um, you were greeted by a strange voice, which explained to you that um, you would have to be put through your paces, to um, be put in various scenarios um, in order to um, get a chance at redemption for your soul, right? Um, so the first one, you, the first scenario you were put into was um, kind of like a Vietnam-y situation. Um, which was actually a future um, civil war between England and Scotland, as you remember. Um, Kind of makes up a neat segment, which you could almost collate into one. Yeah, maybe sometime in the future. Yeah. Um, And you... um, you came... You're in a a helicopter crash. You came across um, a a man um, who... uh, What what happened to you? You Oh, you stood in a bear trap, didn't you? Yeah, a bear trap. trap, A booby trap. 
very, very serious injury. And, um, very, very serious injury. Offered the you, chance of an opportunity where I might be able to get medical treatment. But, yeah, so he took you to a hospital, but of course um, it's, it was in Scotland and you they wouldn't um, help anybody who was English. In fact, they'd be very, very, very mm. uh, opposed to doing that. Um um, so you had to do a Scottish accent in order to convince them you were Scottish. And, of course, you could not do that. Could not do it, no. um, And the guard at the hospital shot you I dead. I would do anything for medical treatment. Yeah. So that brings us back where we are, then. That's that's us up to date. That's the recap. That's the Netflix yeah, recap. Yeah, back to the drawing board, basically. You know, mm-hmm. failed. Um, so, yeah, you failed miserably and you're... First task. I mean, that was your first task, wasn't it? And you failed, failed miserably. Yeah. Um, so now your soul is in kind of ne- negative equity, redemption-wise. Um, however, you do have the opportunity to redeem yourself slightly and claw back some of those redemption points, right? Okay. Um, so um, we we need to speak to the, the person on the other side as well, don't we? There you come. Hello, Ben. How are you doing today? Well, I'm pretty pissed off actually because I just failed my first scenario. Yes, I think we're all pretty pissed off um, with your performance so far and your uh, level of uh, uh, soul points is, uh, <laughs> is, is not where we would like it to be. You do have another opportunity. And Matt is going to take you through that, but Matt's going to can't be asked doing that accent anymore. Um, so, um, in this scenario, you are going to be returned to the real world. The real world. Um, but only as a spirit. Um, as of your former self. Um, so okay. in the real world, you will be able to interact with the real world as if you were real, uh, but you are a spirit. Um, and the name of the game here, so there, there is something you need to do for me. Um, so in order to pass this round, you must somehow persuade a real person to say a magic sequence of words seemingly random sequence of words so the power of these words can only be unlocked if a real human being says them in the real world um if you yourself say these words you will fail the 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 the, the round um and the road for your soul becomes long and indeterminable we don't i'm not not sure what's going to happen beyond that if you fail this one so we have placed in your hand a telephone um, and you will see that telephone which looks very much like the telephone that you had when you were alive, in fact. Yes. Um, so you, you are free to scroll through your contact list um, and call somebody on your phone um, and you will have to get them to say the words as they are revealed to you without saying those words. Is that clear? That's clear. That's clear. So words will be revealed to you. On your screen in front of you. I'm not sure how this is going to work when we're not recording the video. Um, and you are going to have to call somebody in your phone book. You designed this for a, a video call? No. And, um... <laughs> no. Well, I, the thing is, I can say it as I lift it up. Because the person you're calling can't hear me saying it. Okay. Um, so I can say it for the listeners. Um, and you can read it from the screen. Um, and yeah, you have to put the person on speakerphone so we can hear them too. And you've got to call them, speak to them and get them to say the words that I am going to hold up in front of you. Okay. Okay. So who who are you going to call? You're asking me to call someone. From your phone book in your, in your phone. Yes. Someone from your contact list. 
on your phone. What's the answer? Then you try somebody else. This is why it might not work. Fucking hell, Jesus. Uh, oh, shit. It's fucking ten past eleven. Mm. Who would pick up the phone to you calling them at this time of night? <laughs> is this designed to depress me about how few people would do that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, hmm. And you can't call me. <laughs> Uh, okay, all right. You've chosen? <laughs> yes. Put it on speakerphone and call that person. Fuck me. He's not going to answer. See, this is a nice... You should probably ring him twice, shouldn't you, I think? Because somebody would be like, God, what's, what's he ringing me for? What's Ben Kelly's ringing me? Yeah, exactly. What are you doing to me? Try it again. You need to try it again, maybe, because there's a second call then. They'd be like, oh, somebody, I just answered that. <laughs> no, people, this, this is worse than that. I'd rather do the Scottish accent. <laughs> this makes me look like I'm in some kind of... Put a speakerphone on. Desperate situation. See, this this person is, is probably like a lot of civilized people in sleep. Who who are you calling? Charlie. <laughs> I have to start with the most unconventional people who could possibly be away. Welcome to the right, mm-hmm. right, you've done that to me. Nice one. Okay. okay. Who's next? <sighs> Fuck me. I have very few people that would dare call at this time, man. <laughs> one of them's in in America at the moment. I'm not ringing him. You should try that. How expensive that'd be! You're gonna re- reimburse me. This should have been this. Just... <laughs> this ain't gonna work. Come on, come on! You've got to try ringing people. This is the game. <laughs> It's your soul on the line. I right? have to ring random people on my phone because you said so. Yes. <laughs> uh, oh. So far, you've tried one person. That's not. <laughs> Who rings? Nobody rings anyone at ten past eleven on an evening, Matt. Jesus, this should. This is something that should. They, you know, when they do this in TV shows, it's all cooked up. You know, it's all. Yeah. Fake. No. 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 Come on. Come on. Ring somebody. Why can't I see the thing I'm supposed to be doing as well? Right. Well, yeah, I'll, t- I'll show you the words in a moment. As soon as you, as soon as you're, uh, get an answer. I'm not going to get an answer. That's going to be the funny, <laughs> funny thing. That's why I'm it would be better I'm to have video to see the disappointment in your face. It's not disappointment. I'm ringing the the biggest reprobates that I know. First of all, because <laughs> that's not embarrassing. I bet he can't. I bet he can't. I think that might want that one might be in rehab. Um, <laughs> one of them you don't know where the fuck is going to be. That guy's probably in rehab. Ugh. The thing is, on my contacts, my iPhone 
pulls in every single person from all my social media channels as well. <laughs> and so you wouldn't believe how many people that brings in that I, who I obviously don't know. So this is all very ill thought out, I'd say. I can't believe this. You can't do this. Can you look at ideas, viable ideas that are going to work, not ideas that are just like, I'm not thinking of, so few people would dare to ring it this time. Ring my dad, he's dead. (laughs) 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 I'm going to ring A, brother. It looks oh, okay. like pathetic. Who, what kind of person rings? God. <laughs> Are you showing me this thing or what? Mm-hmm. You're going to show me after someone's answered? Yeah. This is embarrassing. Why are you embarrassing me like this? That's the whole point. No one's going to answer. No one wants to... F- uh. Hello? All right. How's it going? You all right? <laughs> yeah, not too bad. Uh, what day is it? It's uh, what day? It's Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. Well done, Ben. Good, good work. <laughs> so, uh, so the next one is making love. Making love are the two words I want to say. <laughs> what are you? Uh, what are you doing? I'm in Lincoln. What? Yeah, doing what? <laughs> <laughs> like as you were ringing me, I was literally one. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. I, 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 so this might freak you out, but I've uh, I've got a I've got a I've got I need you to say something for me. So, uh, do you know when you're getting all uh, romantic with one of your girlfriends? What what is it you you do to them? Sorry. You know. Say <laughs> <laughs> so you 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 and a you're you know a girlfriend uh, you're alone in uh, in a bed on a night. Uh, what might what's one of the things you might be doing together? <laughs> no, no answer. No, hey, no, no, I can't do it. That's fine. It's fine. We can okay. try the next one. All right. Uh, that's not. That's not. What's that mean? Chesney Hawks. Chesney Hawks. Um. <laughs> come on, Matt. That's not. That's not a word okay. I'm going to be able okay. to say. Sigourney Weaver. Um. Do you know the actress who was? Uh... You in a drinking game? You need to be able to. <laughs> yeah, that, that's basically. It. Uh, do you know who the main actress from Alien, the film Aliens, is the Alien franchise? I don't, I don't think I've seen him. Oh, fuck's sake. Oh, for fuck's sake, come on. Rhymes <laughs> with... It rhymes with Rhyme. beaver. Beaver. <laughs> Sigourney Weaver, Sigourney Weaver. Nina. <laughs> oh, no, no, okay. Um, can you name something? I've recently been through a, a, a bit of an experience and uh, <laughs> car troubles, you might say. Um, so what's something that I might have recently been slapped with, with by a criminal court? Something that you might have been what with? Yeah, I've been, I've been punished recently by a criminal court for <laughs> due to my my poor behaviour, and they I was punished for it. What what I got some kind of uh, suspension or driving ban? That's it. Driving ban. Yes. Correct. Boom, Boom on the nose. Okay, so the next one is three words: pathetic human being. <laughs> Um, okay, this is a difficult one. Um, <laughs> what kind of person do you think gets a driving ban? Kind of human? What kind of hu- kind of human being would you say they are? Would you say? 
It's good, it's good enough. It's good enough. Yeah, Sorry, right, the no, final no. one is Don King. Um, <laughs> Don um, King, the boxing promoter. There's a. Do you know? Have you ever heard of a boxing promoter who's notoriously corrupt uh, black guy with crazy hair? Come on, rhymes with. It rhymes with uh, bomb, ding. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I don't think he's going to get this one. Don King. It's quite young. Well, that's fine. That's fine. I think you've done pretty well. I think you've you done pretty well. Well brother. done, and enjoy your evening. Goodbye. <laughs> Love you. Oh well, that actually went quite well, didn't it? Yeah, we I have think. To reveal, um, we do have I to think. You got, you got, um, you got, you got, you got Thursday. You got, uh, you didn't get Making Love. You didn't get Chesney Hawks. You didn't get Sigourney Who's Chesney Hawks? Chesney Hawks. The the one and only. Who's that? The one, the song. I am the one and only, that song. I am the one and only. Yes. So he didn't get Chesney Hawks or Sigourney Weaver. He didn't get Making Love either, did he? Um, But he did get Driving Ban. Yes. Because that's what you have. You didn't, get Dawn, you didn't get Don King, and you didn't get Pathetic Human Being, and that's what you and, are. Uh, probably just, um, what, I didn't want to say, what do you think I am? What kind of human being would you say? <laughs> Pathetic. Um, but Pathetic. I, think, I, think that, I think, you know, that, that, I think you're back, you're back now, aren't you, to, to, to a plateau of, like, you can, you can go for, you're not in negative equity redemption points-wise anymore. So well done, Ben. Congratulations. And congratulations to your brother as well. Yeah, he's having a night. That's going to uh, be playing on his mind for a while. That's just one last thing you want. Oh, my brother's calling me. Must answer. Mate. What day is it? <laughs> what day is it? <laughs> oh, dear me. Oh, my 37-year-old brother is calling me. What day is it? <laughs> it was a woman who was in Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was... Rhymes with Beaver. That's uh, the one that's most like me, <laughs> as you can tell. Well, yes. Hey, mate, what are you, what's going on? I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> Standard. I was doing that last weekend. <laughs> Fucking never again. So, there we are. Your brother's going to be, I don't know, I don't know, it's going to be some interesting conversations next time you talk to your brother, isn't it? Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, So, do you want to trail any future content? No, because, you know what, we'd have so much fucking trouble trailing, like... Yeah, we trail stuff and it just doesn't happen, Yeah, Yeah. because you're trying to speak to guests and negotiate times, and we're busy and they're busy, you know, we're trying to work around our jobs, they're trying to work around Mm. their jobs. So I need to stop saying, oh, this guy might be on. We've done it a million times now. I don't know what we're going to talk about next. We're yep. going to talk about well, something. Well, for the, for the, you know, the, the avid listeners, of, of which there are 
some. You know, some. Um, the, uh, Don't um, belittle the podcast online. No, no, there are, there are some. There are some. I, just, I was trying to be, like, uh, humble. A good amount of some, actually. No, like, there's loads. Um, there's shitloads. Um, the, uh, uh, I'm going on holiday, so there's going to be a bit of a break, actually. What? I'm going on holiday. Week after Why next, isn't this I'm in Wakanda? Why didn't you tell me Spain for a week. <laughs> a week after next. Yeah, week after next. So we could, you know. This one will be out next week, and then there'll be there'll be like a three week gap. Should do a holiday week, podcast, and you have to edit it as well. No, <laughs> just record. Never, never again. Remember last time when that happened? <laughs> I did that, and did you? Uh, I got I got blind drunk and uh, and uploaded the podcast like back to front. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't remember that actually, but yeah, now it's I do. Hot. You only mentioned it. Yeah. It's holiday, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so there's this episode and then there's a slight delay. So yeah, no, we don't a delay. Thanks yeah. for listening is all I'm going to say then. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon after Matt's holiday, which he didn't notify me of. Mm. Could have possibly... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We could have prepared behind, you know, professionals. They store up stuff, but no, you know, too lazy, too busy We're for... Not, not professionals. Too busy for the old podcast, whatever. There we go. All right, well, take care, everybody. And goodbye. And if you're having your own holiday, and what, where are you going? Sorry, where did you say Spain? Going? Spain. Any more specific? It's the first time I've been abroad in three years, Ben. Yeah, since 2019. I assume. Um, yes. Um, Not just Sitges. Lovely. Cheers. Well, um, did you have to renew your passport? Mine's expired now. No, it's fine. All right, should we say goodbye? Passport issue. I've won. <laughs> I want to go abroad soon, but I'm going to have to renew my passport. Apparently, there's big waiting lines. That's, yes. Yeah. Mm. Just go not start? lines, but yeah. No, I mean, not. <laughs> big problem. I think it's something to do with the civil service. I don't know if you know. Nope. About that. Well, enjoy your holiday then, freeloader. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Get this edited and put out then. Um, yeah. I will. Goodbye. Bye.